the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Taco Tuesday. I'm not much in the mood, though, to be eating celebratory tacos because whenever I eat one of my favorite foods like that, it's always a celebration for me. And today is a really, really difficult day for me to do the show. Not just because our beloved ally Israel is at war and is under attack, but because of the horrific nature, how these attacks have have grown over the decades more and more and more terroristic. And some of the reports today are absolutely just destroying my heart, but also because the way the world has responded to this attack, how our own institutions in the United States of America are piling on against not the terrorist, but against Israel. A lot to talk about tonight. We've actually got Greg Norman from Middle East Forum who will be here to weigh in and give you much needed perspective there. Um, I'm going to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do a guest loaded show tonight because I just, I have so much going on in my brain. There's so many different topics, so many different things hitting us. It is literally like shock and awe of, to, to refresh your memory. Remember shock and awe during the early days of the Iraq war? And I feel almost like that's what it is for me in a, a figurative stance with what's going on with this Israel uh, war that's happening. I want to hear from you guys. I always want your take. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. We have a 24-hour hotline, 844-814-5227. Before I go any further, i got to bring in this man. He's my newest partner in crime, my newest veggie. He's spicy. He's a little yummy. Always right on point. Soon to have his own little clever little opening package. It is none other than DJ Sesame Broccolini. Look, we're still up in the his house, but there is a somber mood in the his house today. And I really just want to say that I've been praying a lot, you know, on a serious mm-hmm. note. And I've been reflecting a lot and thinking a lot. And I can't remember seeing anything else like this in modern history. And, and it's across the board. It's not just in Israel, but obviously my heart breaks. So I just want to encourage people to say prayers and extend their love yes. to, the, to the good people of Israel. And I have friends who have family and friends there. And it's just, it, it's horrific. And it's something they deal with all the time. There's always yeah. a threat. Is, and it's it's a, it's yes. a shame, but it's a part of their life. Not to not to excuse this at all, because this is just so um, right. so so bone chilling to see. It is, in fact, uh, one of the first things that I saw this morning that was so horrific was the IDF, the Israel De- Israeli Defense Forces, put out a video, a compilation of what these barbarians, what these monsters, what these animals did to young women. And one of the things I thought about 
was the war that's going on against women in this world and on the left as part of not just the Democrat Party here, as part of the Islamist movement, who's always been about subjugating women, but a part of the Great Reset. And I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but do we not see that there's a war going on against women? Was it not perfectly symbolic for these terrorists to decide that their first act that they were going to do in their reign of terror was to attack young women? Very fitting for what's going on in the world today. The left, you know, the left has been saying that the Republicans waging a war on women. There's a war on women going on. And I've been saying for decades about the Democrats partnering with the Islamists. They've got much more. They, there's nothing remotely compatible between Islam and what this country with the United States was founded on. But there's a whole lot that's compatible between Islam, radical Islam, the Islamist and the Democrat Party. And you'll learn more about that as we go throughout the show, given the institutions in the United States of America today that are actually celebrating what those Islamic terrorists did to women. Worst, and that's at worst case. Best case, they're just refusing to even acknowledge it. Case in point, a Colorado state representative, Tim Hernandez, this is a Colorado United States state representative who's refusing to condemn Women being slaughtered, raped, kidnapped, and tortured. And when asked about it with a smile and a smirk on his face, this is what he said today. And I think it's despicable what they're protesting for and what you're protesting for. And the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What about it? Do you condemn it? I already said... Why can't you say yes? Because I already gave you my answer. So what he was initially asked for was what you hear the reporter saying is, I think it's despicable what you people are protesting for here. This was a pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas, because right now, if you're pro-Palestine, in my opinion, you're pro-Hamas. You're pro what happened. Are there some innocent Palestinians? Well, those are like the moderate Muslims back in 9-11, right? Remember when Brigitte Gabriel took them out? Somebody said, oh, what about the moderate Muslims? She says, well, they're, they're irrelevant because they're not doing anything to stop the terror. So we've got this pro-Hamas rally going on that's being attended by this Colorado state representative. And the reporter's like, I think it's despicable what you're, what you're uh, protesting for here today. And the Colorado state rep was like, oh, congratulations, congratulations. Like, I'm so happy that you hate what we're about here. And he said, well, do you condemn the, the attacks on the women? What for? He says, this is what, this is where we're at. So while I agree with you, Riley, that, that the Jews have been, the Jews settled in Israel after their Eastern European lives were completely destroyed and 6 million of them were gassed and murdered and slaughtered. So they returned to the Holy Land to set up their home. And ever since then, they've been under attack as they have been surrounded by animals who share the same ideology that's never gone away. And it doesn't matter whether it's under the name of Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, doesn't matter. ISIS, it's all the same ideology. And where we went wrong as a country after 9-11 was we had George W. Bush. It's like Rush Limbaugh said. Islamist attacked us on 9-11 and we've been apologizing to them ever since. Excusing them, refusing 
to say that this is Islamic terror. In fact, how many people right now are even using that term as opposed to as opposed to Hamas when most Americans have no idea what Hamas is and what they represent? Then it gets worse because then we find, according to I-24 News today and a report that was done, that over 40 children were beheaded. Beheaded. Israel's been under attack for decades, but not, not like this. Not with women and children being dragged from their homes, burned alive, beheaded. This is a level of savagery unlike anything we've ever seen before. Why is it amping up? Could be the $6 billion we gave them. Oh, oh, not a penny of that's been spent. So Allegedly. What about the $200 million that we gave to Hamas, to Palestine? And by the way, I'm not an expert in, in this history, but I, my understanding of, of, of what I've read and even other experts I've heard today, there's been no Israeli occupation in Gaza since 2005. I heard somebody, uh, an Israeli, say something really good uh, today that, that was so right on. This is prime seaside real estate in Israel. And when Israel pulled out of Gaza... The Palestinians over there with hundreds of millions of dollars in aid could have taken that and turned it into Dubai. Instead, they turned it into Beirut. Why? Because this is what evil does to you. This is because their entire, the Islam entire goal is not to take opportunity and make a, a, a great, um, these, and I'm, gonna, and I'm talking about the, this, this, the Sunni, the Shias, these Islamists with this radical agenda. It, their goal is to, is to seize control of the world. It's about their caliphate. It's not about, it's not about bettering the lives of any of the people in Palestine. It's not about bettering, econo- it's not about seizing economic opportunity, or that's what they would be putting their money towards. Not what they did here. And this is absolutely going to come back to our shores. In fact, it never really left. We're going to discuss that in a moment. But getting back to the $6 billion that was given to Iran, this, Joe Biden finally, after two days, after holding a barbecue in the middle of Americans being slaughtered, he then put a lid on it, which means that would be when, when they, when they call a lid, that means there's not going to be any white house business. And for two and a half days, he did no white house business while Americans were slaughtered and Americans taken hostage. No white house business. He finally emerged today. Joe Biden did spoke for 90, 90 minutes late, spoke for about 10 minutes, never mentioned the name of Iran. Jake Sullivan was asked about, whether or not Biden will seek to freeze the $6 billion, and here was his response. Jake, on the American hostages, uh, can you first of all tell us how many are we talking about, several or a dozen hostages, um, and do you know anything about their condition at all? We do not know about their condition, and we cannot confirm a precise number of American citizens. 
We believe that there are 20 or more Americans who at this point are missing, but I want to underscore and stress that does not mean necessarily that there are 20 or more American hostages. Just that is the number who are currently unaccounted for. We will work hour by hour both to determine whether we can account for any of those Americans or to confirm exactly what the number of Americans are being held hostage, and we will come back to you with that information as soon as we have it. As you know, very sadly and tragically, the number of dead has risen with each passing hour, and that's true of the total number. It's also true of we Americans, jump out which of has that. gone up just today. Uh, Sesame Broccolini, we could end that. That actually wasn't the clip I was looking for, but I'm glad you played it because there are 20 Americans, 14 dead, 20 Americans missing. There are citizens from all around the world. This was a global attack, and it reminds me of on the fifth anniversary, 9-11, when I interviewed the Pakistani ambassador who was... uh, who, who was in, a professor at American University at the time who said, the terrorists are in a war against Western civilization. Don't you people get it, he said? Don't you think at all? You think, he says, because it was a bomb in Madrid or whatever or a nightclub in Bali that it doesn't affect you? The terrorists have been in a war against us since at least the time that we let the Shah fall. This has not ended. Just because we allowed Bob Mueller to scrub Islamic terror from the FBI doesn't mean that the Islamic Jihad, the global Islamic Jihad, did not continue. We're going to take a break. When we continue, we're going to continue the discussion on the other side of the break. Don't go away. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K, whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Don't forget you can download our podcast wherever you get your podcast. They're usually up by about noonish the next day. Um, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. We've got Greg Norman from Middle East Forum going to be with us in the next segment. And if you have to skip out, if you got to run off, although I don't know why you would, uh, don't forget that's why we have the podcast. All right. So before the break, I was talking about, uh, well, all things related to the uh, re- horrific Islamic terrorist attack taking place in Israel. And we were talking about how this is a part of a global jihad, a global jihad where the, um, and, and behind this attack is Iran, the histories, the world's largest state sponsor of terror in history, responsible for more deaths of U.S. military, whether it's in um, Iraq, whether it's been in Afghanistan, whether it was in Syria, whether it was Marines in barracks in, in Beirut. And and are have partnered with Hamas in these attacks here. The Democrats and the Biden administration are defending the six billion dollars they gave, saying, "Well, none of that money. They haven't accessed the account yet. None of that money was spent on this." But I want you to hear Jake Sullivan being asked today about whether or not the Biden administration is going to freeze those funds given this attack. Sesame. Thank you, Jake. You just laid out all of the ways that Iran is complicit in this and facilitated it over years of support for Hamas. Is that reason enough to freeze, refreeze the $6 billion that the U.S. helped unlock for them to get in exchange for the prisoners? We have not yet had a dollar of that $6 billion spent. And I will leave it at that. But will you refreeze it based on this activity that you just laid out, all of the ways that they are complicit in this? You, the administration said that if we see them going in the wrong direction, that we would stop that down. I understand 
the position that you guys have, that not a dollar of this has been spent. But will you prevent it from getting into their hands to allow them to, you know, do, do what they do that you just laid out? Let me just reiterate what I said, because it's unequivocal. Not a dollar of that money has been spent, and I will leave it at that. Is it being considered? Yes. Jacob, I... What? How stupid do these people think we are? What reason After he more just, he do reportedly you need just, to freeze uh, money? Right. Like, I mean, Sesame Broccolini, he just, you know, he had just finished laying out what Iran had done working with Hamas for years. And yet, so we should have never given him this money in the first place, and he still won't freeze it? He gives us a long list of reasons to be incredibly skeptical and ask for the money back and then says, don't ask any questions. And here's what really gets me. We're just supposed to take him at his word. Maybe if this was 50 Mm -hmm. years ago or 30 years ago, read the room. No one trusts these giant bureaucracies or these institutions of government anymore. And I think the, the American people, this is a country of, by, and for the people, us, we deserve the answer here. We need to know where every single taxpayer dollar is going, especially if it's going indirectly to funding terror groups, because we know Iran gives Hamas at least $100 million every single year. So it's about following the money, and it's just so absurd, this this game where we're just supposed to, we're, we're just told how it is. They, they just give us pre-approved talking points, and we just have to accept it. Yeah, well, you know, the, the reality is, as John Guandolo said on the show yesterday, they don't need, these terrorists don't need to parachute in here and paratroop in here because they've already infiltrated our government. There's a, there's a reason why we are partners with the Islamists. This is what I've been saying for years, that the Democrat, the communist, the Marxist in the Democrat Party have chosen specifically and intentionally to partner with the Islamists who have this, that are literally terrorists. You look at the Afghanistan withdrawal that was completely uh, intentionally as chaotic and disastrous as it was. They could have chosen a different airfield. They didn't have to leave Americans behind the Taliban lines. They didn't have to create a situation to where we ended up with 100,000 people on planes that weren't vetted of terrorist and Taliban terrorist and terrorist sympathizers being put on planes and brought over here into the United States of America. That was all orchestrated. We have brought in under refugee programs people like Ilhan Omar and other terrorists throughout the years, which has resulted in Dearbornistan in this country. We have an open border right now where they know over 150 countries have people, including over 250 from the terrorist watch list, that have come across our borders, and they have released them into this country. What is going on, and that's not even counting what's happening within the U.S. government. Remember what I talked about on last night's show. Remember the fact that Joe Biden in January of 2021 appointed a Palestinian pro-Hamas with ties to other terrorist groups going back to his days of Georgetown, that person was put in charge of the intelligence programs at the NSC. Let that sink in. John Guandolo talked about uh, the three Islamic organizations listed on our own FBI's webpage as, quote, our outreach partners. The All Dulles Area Muslim Society, Muslim Advocates, and Muslim Public Affairs Council. They're all Muslim Brotherhood organizations who have all declared their goal to replace the Constitution with the Quran. 
That's not even counting the fact that every time we've had a terrorist attack, the first people at the microphones was CARE, the Council of American Islamic Relations. And their th- their thing is, uh, we got a caution against Islamophobia. We have been taken over from within by these same terrorist organizations and their sympathizers. The FBI's number three man, Apollo Bate, publicly praised and honored the Al-Qaeda Hamas uh, Muslim Brotherhood Mosque, despite the fact that its founders and leaders for decades have been Hamas and Al-Qaeda leaders and terrorists. Philip Haney, who I had on my show for many, many times, said he could have stopped the San Bernardino terrorist attack, given his investigations he was doing in mosques and and Obama pulled him off of that and destroyed all of his intelligence that was going on. There was a reason why Barack Obama put the Muslim Brotherhood on the front row of his speech. The Democrats have partnered with these Islamists. They don't have any problem with the fact that coming on down the road, we might have them going door to door and dragging us out. That's not being hyperbolic. It's absolutely not being hyperbolic. Today, the Black Lives Matter organization created a graphic of the paratroopers that came in and slaughtered young women and said, this is all it is, or this is all it's at kind of thing. One of those clever saying like, like, this is it, like, this is it for us. This is the celebrating. Like I said, it's one thing. If you think that there's a country or nation state that's oppressing people and you want a military solution to it, that's one thing. I've wanted. I've wished that we could do a military, uh, a, a military, um, a, a, I don't operation that would have removed the regime in a Iran. Special after operation, the Shah fell. yeah, maybe working special with people operations, on the or military, yeah, yeah. But dragging women, young women, out of their homes, children, and burning them alive. The Black Lives Matter organization that Barack Obama brought to the White House is celebrating what Hamas did, America. We are now have institutions of our of our government, institutions of America that are celebrating the slaughter of women, children in the name of Islam. When we come back, we're going to bring in Greg Norman from Middle Eastern Forum to get his take on it. So definitely stay tuned for that. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Incredibly honored to have my next guest with me as we continue to talk about these shocking events that have taken place in our beloved ally of Israel. Greg Roman joins me now. He is director of Middle Eastern Forum, a commentator, former political advisor to the deputy foreign minister of Israel, and he worked for the Israeli Ministry of Defense. Greg Roman, thank you for being on the Andrea Kay Show today. Thank you for having me. I have no or little words. Actually, I had a lot. I ranted a lot at the open of my show as to the reports that I've seen of the women children dragged out of their homes, the men burned alive, reports of babies beheaded. This terrorism has, uh, uh, first of all, I just got to extend my love and prayers to any family and friends that you have in Israel and to yourself. I'm going to let you take it from here and what you want to say to to my listeners and the world about what's taking place. Sure. So we are now in day four of this war against Hamas. 
and the funerals have started. The bodies of loved ones are being buried, and the Israeli public will sit, those at least who are of the Jewish faith, will sit for the next seven days in mourning, and afterwards there will be a demand for answers. But there's also another group of individuals, 130 hostages who are being held by Hamas and their families that are demanding answers now. And beyond that, you have thousands injured Israelis who are not able to go to work, who are not able to go to school. And the images coming across this digital and social network, some of which are being manipulated by the Hamas terror organization and their allies in Qatar, in Iran, in Syria, and in Lebanon, are broadcasting the fear and terror and sowing the seeds of hate even further by targeting Israelis with a soft, and in some cases, what I would just call the equivalent of smut propaganda. Mm-hmm. Babies being decapitated, small infants being massacred in their living rooms, children having to be quiet while their parents are murdered in front of their eyes. And I think that the time for words and condemning the barbarity of what's happened, and we, we are now past words. We are at the time of action. And it is time that the United States and Israel, and need I not mention, 11 Americans were killed in this attack, too, and Americans are being held hostage by Hamas. So let's underscore that for our American listeners. Uh, now is the time for action, and there has to be a severe and swift reprisal, which is nothing less than the complete removal of Hamas from Gaza and the complete collapsing of any organization that supports it and the complete punishment of any state that has given it support in the past. But how do I say we um, (laughs) how do we do that? Because we know whether it's Hamas or ISIS or Al Qaeda or the Taliban, they love to hide behind their own women and children. And which reminds me of that. My favorite Golda Meir quote, I think she said, we can forgive them for killing our children, but we can't forgive them for making us kill theirs. And there will only be peace when they hate. uh, They love their children more than they hate us. Their hate uh, knows no bounds, and it is beyond even their their uh, love of their own children. So is it time once and for all to just level Gaza, knowing that there will be c- civilian casualties? Women and children on there will die and are dying right now, but the address to address the blame for that is no more than the leadership of Hamas and every single member who has ever pledged offended. The gloves are off, and I mean that in every sense of the word. And I know this might be horrible, and we have to talk about the international laws of war and morality, which the Israel Defense Forces will still fight according to the laws of war. But there is no more preemptive concerns. This is no longer going to be the most moral army in the world. It will be the most lethal army in the world. And that doesn't just apply to members of Hamas who are in the borders of Gaza. If you remember after the Munich Olympic massacre that took place in the 70s, mm-hmm. that same prime minister mm-hmm. that you mentioned, Golda Meir, ordered this swift execution of every individual in the PLO in Black September who is responsible for that. And Israel's long arm will go beyond its borders, will go beyond Gaza. And we've seen some instances of that in Syria and Lebanon tonight after Palestinian factions launch attacks in Israel's north. But I guarantee you, and I think the prime minister is having the same conversation with his inner cabinet and his war cabinet. If you are a member of Hamas, you should turn yourself in because today is not going to look the same as tomorrow. Well, I say go scorched earth. I've been calling for a long time for a Jimmy Doolittle-style raid uh, to wipe out. We're dealing with animals, and there is no, there, there can be no peace. There's, there's no negotiating with any individual that would participate in any of this. And then to see institutions, 
here in the United States of America, whether we're talking about St- Stanford University, Harvard, talking about, uh, you know, uh, not that Black Lives Matter is an institution, but to see members of my own Congress, like Rashida Tlaib with a Palestinian flag outside of her office. I am just, I, 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 I said at the open of my show, Greg Roman, that I, I am, I'm equally disturbed by not just what has taken place in Israel, but the response around the world. We have American institutions celebrating what happened. We had a Colorado state state representative who's who refused to condemn what happened to 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 the women in Israel. There are chants right now. I'm sure you've seen the rallies going on in Sydney, Australia, chanting gas the Jews. We had that going on in New York City here. We have a global anti Jewish movement going on around the world right now. Your response. There are institutions in this country since the establishment of the state of Israel and even prior, which have marked generational, intergenerational, pan-dimensional intergenerational anti-Semitism, even from the beginning of the country. But to say that Jews don't know how to deal with anti-Semitism is not giving credit to the Jewish people. There will always be a threat. There always has been a threat, and there in the future will be market threats. But there's a spectrum of that, one from St. Gaz, the Jews in New York, and that quickly eclipses into anti-Semitic attacks like we saw on the massacre of the Pittsburgh synagogue a few years ago. And I think that as it relates to the Israel context and its allies, this is the time for Israel, Israel's allies to step up. Mm-hmm. And you have to expand that beyond just the fact that Jewish civilian of Israelis were killed. There's over 40 Arab Muslim citizens of Israel who were killed in rocket attacks and then the smearing. Thais, Nepalese, Argentinians, Spaniards, mm-hmm. Poles. Uh, Brits and Americans were killed in this. This was not just an attack against Israel. This was an attack on Western civilization. As a result of that, when President Biden stands and says he will show solidarity and support, the fight begins here at home. There are affinity groups and large organizations that receive funds from the U.S. government and receive protections from the U.S. government that are currently directly or indirectly funding Hamas affiliates both in Gaza, the West Bank, and in other areas of the Arab world. Those organizations need to be shut down tomorrow. There are other organizations that provide material support to terror organizations, not just Hamas, but other Palestinian factions who participated in the massacre. They need to be shut down, and their leadership needs to be arrested. And I, I never thought I would say this, but the European Union has even eclipsed the United States and the swiftness of their response in suspending all aid to the Palestinian Authority. The U.S. has not made a similar no. declaration, but it should. Who would think no, that it, Europe would be ahead of the United States yeah. in showing support for Israel? But yeah, it, it's devastating yeah. to me. Yeah. And then on top of it, the con- we've got Congress people that have called for the suspension of aid to Israel. That's we how have, off the rails. But, That's but, how off the beam we are. It, it, it's off the beam, but at the same time, those same members of Congress put the Israel piece out of the conversation for a second. They swore an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States yes. against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Hamas is a foreign terror organization who has now brazenly, in the open, killed American citizens. And it's not the first time, by the way. There are dozens of judgments in civil courts and previous presidential administrations have brought criminal actions against members of Hamas and their supporters. And this administration should do nothing more than the same, which is to say that the absurdity of it, actually, is the U.S. on a foreign policy level 
has relations with countries. Let's forget Iran for a second. We know that they're behind Hamas, and the, the, the deal two weeks ago is, is an absurd we can talk about on a different talking point. But there are countries where U.S. forces are stationed, for instance, Intralik Air Force Base in Turkey and Al Udeda Air Force Base in Doha, Qatar. The head of this, the, the main planner for this operation, Salah al Aurori, who now is in Beirut, kept his office in Turkey for eight years and can freely travel back there on his passport. More so, Isfahaniya, the head of Hamas, his office, the executive office of the Hamas terror organization, sits in Doha, Qatar. He announced and claimed responsibility for the attack on Qatari state television on Al Jazeera while sitting only a few miles from the largest U.S. air base in the Middle East. Wow. These two, these, these two sort of you know, disparate realities, let's call it the way we live and the way we think, and then bizarro world, if we want to think about like a Superman context, bizarro world needs to be shut down. All these forces in the U.S., there's nothing stopping them from going to the Emirates, sending a U.S. expeditionary force and threatening to arrest the entire leadership of Qatar unless they immediately cease and desist hosting Hamas. And even more than that, hundreds of billions of Qatari dollars are wrapped up in the U.S. financial system, not to mention all the loan guarantees that Turkey gets. There are clear policy steps that this administration can take to not just target Hamas, but those who enable Hamas and support them. Yeah. Instead, our FBI and our uh, counterterrorism units here and as a part of uh, the Department of Justice and Homeland Security is is targeting uh, uh, parents speak up at school board meetings. I mean, you know, when when was the last time our institutions, our intelligence community and our FBI and others uh, were actually focused on routing out uh, terrorism instead of uh, treating Americans as terrorists? It's a topic for another day. But basically, this was an intelligence failure and not just on the part of anybody in Israel, but on the United States of America. And I have to wonder what we knew in, in, in advance and why we didn't stop it. I think when it comes to the prioritization of intelligence priorities for the intelligence community, the blame lays at the policy leadership level, not at the field agents who actually want to do their jobs. I spent a lot True. of time. Correct. And one of, the, one of the first phone calls I got after this took place was from a field agent here in Philadelphia who works with the FBI office and says, what can we do to help? So I want to make a, a differentiation between those at the top and, and those at the bottom. I don't think the rank and file of the FBI have any um, you know, ability in deciding who and what they investigate. But they do have the tools and they do have the moment now to recommend to their superiors. And plenty of diplomats have the ability to make them a member of Congress. The first time in American history, 100 members of the Senate signed a letter over the weekend, which will now become the sense of the Senate resolution once the Senate gets back from its recess. And I hope hopefully in the House, once they elect the Speaker, will take this legislation up first and foremost. And they'll pass it, I think, in the Senate with a, with a unanimity. In the, in, the, in the Congress, the small minority that you referred to previously, that will vote against it. But now is the time for America to act and to stand with Israel. Like Bibi Netanyahu said after 9-11, all Americans, all Israelis are Americans. Now is the time for all Americans to consider themselves Israelis. Absolutely. Greg Roman, thank you so much for being here from Middle Eastern Forum. How can people find you and support your organization? You can find us on Twitter at ME Forum or go to our website, meforum.org. We have the latest news and analysis coming out from the region. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And God bless. Thank you. I stand with Israel all day, every day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. We're going to take a break. When we come back. More Andrea K. Show. Don't go away.
Andrea K, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. If you're just tuning in, you missed an incredible interview with Greg Roman from Middle Eastern Forum. So definitely don't forget about our podcast which you can download wherever you get your podcast. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. My 24-hour hotline is 844-814-5227. I was glad to hear Greg Roman say that uh, BB, my oldest living crush, by the way, is prepared to go scorched earth on uh, Hamas. And that's absolutely needed. And he said, now is the time for America to stand with Israel. And I absolutely agree. Who would not agree with that? Well, the alleged ladies of The View. I don't usually like to play a lot of clips from the haints over at The View, but this one just put a little chuckle on my face. I'm not even sure if Sesame Broccolini had a chance to listen to this earlier before he came in. So I pulled this one just for you, my dude. I think you're going to dig it. Listen to who Joy Behar thinks is really behind this Israel attack. And so I would like to know who's behind this, because it's very interesting that now I would think Putin is sitting back and saying, wow, well, they're going to send their money to Israel. So maybe they way. won't send them to Ukraine. They won't send the money to Ukraine now. I'm very suspicious of this. And what did Donald Trump tell Putin when he was in Helsinki? These are questions <laughs> that need to be answered in this country. I would like to hear the answers to, the, like to, to those questions. I'd like to know where $6 billion came from. Yeah, well... <laughs> it's Trump's fault, Sesame Broccolini. He had a meeting. He coordinated it with Putin. Putin's Putin's the one who's. I guess. I get. Isn't that what she's saying? That it's it's more Russian Trump Russian collusion going on here. That's what happened. That's what is behind the Israel attack. All roads lead back to Vlad, uh, which is <laughs> hilarious. They haven't been able to let go since 2016. They're just grasping at straws. And it, it is funny, though. I mean, I'm sure all six of the people that watch The View uh, are really racking their brains right now trying to put together this fictional narrative and all the pieces of the, of the manufactured puzzle, which is really just designed to, to uh, exploit a crisis, right? Never let a good crisis right. go to waste. Hillary Clinton's the queen of this. Joy Behar is giving her a run for her money. Maybe Maybe they're going to have to duke it out and decide who really is the queen of exploiting crises for their own personal talking points. But you do really got to wonder, I mean, is this is this what American journalism has come to? Is this well, the best that we, we can do? This is a mainstream show. Maybe more than six people watch. I haven't seen the ratings lately. But still, this is is this really what we've become because this is well it's the stench of desperation the democrats are so desperate we are going into a primary year for a presidential election as well as the fact that the republican party holds the uh, majority uh, however slim in the house and could take back the senate and the white house in 2024 so they can't just they're so desperate to retain power so without any uh, uh, any agenda that they can run on, with no accomplishment accomplishments they can run on. So the only thing they can do is continue to trot out the lies that they told going back to 2015 and 2016, which is Russian collusion. It's insane. I mean, I can't imagine that anybody's believing it. Well, you gotta jokes wonder. Aside, but jokes aside, Sesame Broccolini, I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're sitting there denying in order to try to prop up 
corrupt, creepy Joe Biden. They're they're having to deny the horrific, the horror behind what has taken place there with women and children. In order to try to prop him up, they have no character, no souls, none whatsoever. And that's just that's that's the thing. You got to wonder. I don't know who their audience is, but I do. I do wonder this much. I mean. Obviously, this is a conflict that has a lot of context, a lot of backstory. We've talked about that. But at the same time, this is happening under Biden's watch. And I'm wondering, with the timing and everything, are they going to try to run Biden? And is this just a last you know, ditch effort to cover this up so that he can still run? Or is this going to be the final nail in the coffin? There's no way to defend this administration. Certainly not when it comes to foreign yeah. policy or really any no. policy, border policy, energy policy, you name it. No, because uh, next hour we're going to be talking about the the uh, border and what's going on and how um, and, and, and what we can expect possibly to take place in the U.S. on the heels of this. How is this? And, and we got to be thinking about how this could could if if BB has decided to finally go scorched earth on Gaza and in order to protect Israel, it, it might include Iran and then we might we've got a, a carrier strike group on its way over there, and there's a potential. I, I mean, the the uh, U.S. government doesn't seem to have a taste to want to defend Israel. Um, they certainly want to put all their money towards Ukraine, which is one of the reasons why Joy Behar made such an insane comment, um, because they 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 want us focused on Ukraine, when, which which we have no American interest really in that situation. When here in Israel, where we have an American interest. Uh, they don't want us to be focused on it. Um, in the meantime, we're incredibly vulnerable. It has been one foreign policy disaster after the next. Americans died in Afghanistan and will continue to, to, to die um, with the uh, ongoing uh, conflict, the, the hole that that left us over there in the Middle East. We brought 100,000 of them here. The, uh, there was an IDF official yesterday who came forward and said that he sees weapons that he believes came from Afghanistan that we left behind over there. We've got to talk about the disaster. Um, that could possibly be brewing with China and Taiwan. Is there any chance, do you think, that maybe Hamas got those weapons from the the stockpile that was left for the Taliban in Afghanistan? Yes. Is it absolutely I, because the IDF official is saying that we, you know, where would Hamas have gotten these javelins? Mm-hmm. There's yep. also reports that Ukraine sold some of their weapons that they got from the U.S. to Hamas. So these are not Hamas grade or, or Iranian weapons over there. Look, the IDF knows a U.S. weapon when they see it. So it, it, it so we're sitting in an incredibly vulnerable position, and the Democrats know that the more, more vulnerable we are. And right now, we've lost fourteen Americans there. We've got we're there's still one hundred and fifty hostages. This has the potential to go really, really bad for the Democrats. And the last thing that they want is to lose a presidential election and they might actually as a way to try to steal the election might actually get us into the third into third world war three which is frightening all right we're gonna wrap this is where we're gonna wrap our one we've got our two on its way stay tuned for that we're going to be talking about the border crisis how that feeds into this and more so our two of the andrea k show is coming up don't you go anywhere
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.